Hello, and welcome to Conversations from the World of Allergy, a podcast produced by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I'm your host, Dave Stukas. I'm a board-certified allergist and immunologist and serve as the social media medical editor for the Academy. Our podcast series will use different formats to interview thought leaders from the world of allergy and immunology. This podcast is not intended to provide any individual medical advice to our listeners. We do hope that our conversations provide evidence-based information. Any questions pertaining to one's own health should always be discussed with a personal physician. The Find an Allergist search engine on the Academy website is a useful tool to locate a listing of board-certified allergists in your area. Finally, use of this audio program is subject to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology Terms of Use Agreement, which you can find at www.aaai.org. Today's edition of our Conversations from the World of Allergy podcast series will be a recap of the recent Quad AI Practice Management Workshop, which was held from July 22nd to the 24th, 2022. We are pleased to welcome Dr. Priya Bonsall back to the podcast. Dr. Bonsall is in private practice at the Asthma and Allergy Wellness Center in St. Charles, Illinois. Dr. Bonsall is very active in the academy, currently serving on the board of directors on the COVID-19 task force, was recent chair of the practice management committee, and also recent co-chair for the planning committee for the practice management workshop that we'll be discussing today. With that, Dr. Bonsall, thank you so much for taking time to join us and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy to uh, reconnect. No, absolutely. It's really nice to have you join us again. I'm excited to hear about the recent workshop, but you know, I, I just gave your intro. My goodness, you are one very, very busy person. I, I'd like to really learn more about how long you've been involved with the Practice Management Committee and what you enjoy most about being uh, a part of that. You know, I uh, that puts me into a deep thought. I was like, it's been a long time. I think it's actually back to 2014. And I believe that I originally was connected at the beginning, maybe through um, Melinda Radkoff and Tali, like way, uh, way back in the past. And it was one of those things where I was just looking for something to get involved in. And I was like, oh, I want to be a bigger part of something else. And I really enjoy learning about the ins and outs of practice and kind of felt like this was going to be a right fit for me. Um, I would say enjoyment. I think the enjoyment kind of stems from why I joined it in the first place. It was mainly camaraderie. And I think it's the ability to make change, right? To be a part of some something different and to change things for the better in our specialty. Well, that's, that's refreshing to hear. I like that. Uh, do you have any advice <laughs> for somebody, you know, somebody who's listening right now who may also want to get more involved? Can anybody join this committee? That's, I think it's so interesting that people don't realize, like, it's not, it's not a big process. You know, you just have to reach out. Uh, actually, you can reach out to any of us. You know, you can reach out to Lori Sweetman. I'm sure if somebody contacted you, you can put them in touch with us. You know, um, mm-hmm. the current, uh, I actually just finished my stint as chair. So our current chair is uh, Chrissy Chiaccio, and the co-chair is going to be Vivian Trujillo, or is Vivian Trujillo Hernandez. And they are both amazing um, women. So reaching out to any of us actually will help connect you with the right people uh, to get involved. And like you said, anybody can join. And I think that's what I truly love about the committee is all of the diversity. You know, you're just going to meet people from all different walks. And that's what keeps it, you know, that was, that's what keeps it interesting and also refreshing in terms of providing perspective. Oh, that's great. 
Well, let's let's shift gears to today's topic. And the recent practice management workshop was held in late July 2022 in Washington, D.C. How was the turnout this year for the in-person event? You know, we actually had a really good turnout. Uh, I think it was interesting because we actually pursued hybrid again. And traditionally in the past, we've had about two, 230 to 250 who come to the Washington DC location because we've gone there before. And this year we had, I think, close to between 130 to 150 that came in person, but then a, that same amount on uh, like probably another 100 that joined online um, for the hybrid event and were logging in live virtually. Uh, obviously, we don't know as of yet in terms of the recordings and access to the recordings, but uh, we felt that it was a really good turnout, and I found that it was really nice that people people could avail um, both, you know, both the in person the in person option, but also tune in virtually because they were still be able they were still able to participate in the audience response, ask questions. Mm. So it was like being there live without actually making the plane flight to be there live. That's really great. And, you know, it, you, you give me flashbacks from just two years ago. Can you believe it's been two years? But, you know, oh, when God. we started, when we first started doing, yeah, all these virtual meetings and we had no idea about platforms and the technology. And, and now here we are just seamlessly having hybrid meetings where people, you know, from across the country can join in live, uh, even though they're not there in person. I think that's fantastic. I know, you, we wanted to make it as easy as possible. So that was the big thing, you know? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, do you have a sense of the background of the attendees that were either there in person or virtually? You know, are we talking this was mostly physicians or did you have office managers or allied health practitioners? We really had the gamut. And that's, you know, it's honestly what we wanted because we wanted to have something for everybody. Um, when I went my first year, I remember I was just blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, there's like such a wealth of information here. And I don't know, I always, you know, I've been going for years now, and I've always felt that even if you come away with like one little nugget, one pearl, it could change your perspective and change the way you practice. And, you know, it's, there are sessions that are targeted towards fellows, there's sessions targeted towards office managers, towards the allied health profession, um, towards physicians. So I felt that it was a great balance um, for everyone. But there were also plenary and group sessions that were targeted to everyone all together. So you could come together as a group, but then you could also break off with whoever you connected with the most and actually attend sessions and bounce ideas off of those people. I, I like to talk about some of these sessions in a moment. And I love your use of the word pearl because I, I use that quite a bit myself. Uh, what was your overall impression of the workshop? Did you take home any important pearls, either you know personally or professionally? You know, I realized, I think for me, the biggest thing was I realized I'm not alone, right? You're not this mm. person alone in this, you know, big oasis. You know, in terms of, for me, the biggest issue that we've been having is uh, staffing issues. Uh, you know, HR has been a kind of a beast, you know, uh, throughout COVID. And a lot of practices are struggling on how to keep staff, how to motivate staff, how to um, what is the proper monetary amount? Like there's so many issues concerning HR. And I felt uh, that I realized it really didn't matter. It didn't matter if you were in academics, it didn't matter what part of the country you were in. Everyone was struggling with these same issues. And then they had, 
you know, different ideas on how to deal, how to deal with the issue. Like, how do we create that positive culture and motivate people and make people want to come to you and want to stay and want to come to work? Because there's a lot of burnout that people are suffering from. And so to keep that motivation and keep that wellness and keep the, keep the office running in order for us to take care of the patients, I think for me, that was the biggest thing that I learned about. Oh, it sounds like an important opportunity to just uh, kind of commiserate with with friends and colleagues about what we've all been yes. going through. Yeah, uh, I will put a shameless plug in for our listeners. We have an upcoming episode with Dr. Hamant Sharma, uh, where he's going to discuss burnout and wellness, uh, which I think is going to be really useful for all of us. So you, you mentioned that, you know, put that in my mind. Um, now, you mentioned the different sessions that were that were there. What were some of the main messages that were delivered during the plenary sessions that took place where everybody was sort of together in a large group setting? You know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of interesting, you know, in terms of like, we had, we had so many sessions in terms of like breakouts, plenaries. And I think some of the important points were kind of talking about what to do after, like, you know, we originally, when we titled the session, you know, it was called post COVID, right? You would wish you'd be post COVID, but it was, we're still going during COVID. So it was, um, you know, some of the points were about like kind of needing to be prepared for that continuing change, right? So we've had more, more stress compared to last year. Some people felt like equal or more stress. And how do we realize that, okay, what we knew as normal has kind of changed, right? We may never go back to that normal and things may be different. So there's a lot of things that we can do to pivot and to try to be successful. Like, do we um, wanna expand our, our practice into something we haven't been doing? Like maybe if we haven't been doing OIT or we haven't um, been doing cluster immunotherapy, like there's different ways that we as allergists can provide our expertise. You know, maybe something that like, you know, exploring a different style that you haven't been doing. Um, one of the other points we learned about was uh, was basically communication. You know, it, you know, it's kind of like how we're doing this podcast, right? So we could be talking about anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how clearly we think we're communicating. It kind of depends on what are people understanding, right? And I think learning about communication is really important just because of all of the, the diversity initiatives, right? Because we need to learn how to communicate cross-culturally, right? So we need to diversify that workforce so that all of the patients can benefit as well. So I think those were a couple of the, you know, a couple of the pearls that I learned from some of the, I would say those were some of the breakout type of sessions. Um, I, I feel that, you know, in addition to the breakout sessions, we ended up talking about, I guess the two big ones were coding and um and the mixing of <laughs> mixing of allergy serums and compliance with the usp 797 guidelines which i know is a hot mm -hmm. topic for a lot of people um I, I feel that like i guess starting with the usp like for us it's been kind of difficult in understanding that you know immunotherapy for allergists like obviously this is the bread and butter for a lot of allergy practices and you know I know a lot of that. I'm privileged enough to know a lot of the work on the back end, like how much work the Quad AI did um, in helping to carve out like 
for the allergist's ability to kind of continue mixing those serums in office. Uh, obviously, the good news is we had a lot of the data to demonstrate the standard of care and to demonstrate that it could be done safely. So we know that these guidelines are going to be going into effect in 2023. And I really felt that the session um, that, you know, that obviously Mohammed Yassid was talking quite a bit about in is how to make your practice compliant for that session. So I think that is an important session to listen to so that people can understand, okay, what do we need to do? Because, you know, it was, it was supposed to go into effect before, but then obviously COVID changed things. But now we're looking at 2023. So you really want to start, you know, I would say getting your ducks in a row, right? Um, mm -hmm. For your practice uh, to make sure that you're compliant with all these guidelines. You, know, you you mentioned a couple of important themes here, and I'm I'm fascinated that this was sort of where the conversation went. Um, you know, traditionally it's been hard for any of us to adapt to paradigm shifts, new evidence, uh, changing our practice. It's just really hard. You kind of get in the rhythm and you do things the way you've always done them. And then over the last couple of years, when we were forced to adapt and make dramatic changes to our personal and professional lives, we did it. Um, we didn't have a choice in the matter. And now I, I wonder. Can we continue to use that new experience we've all had to drive change further and improve upon, you know, the the services we offer? Like, like you said, can we sort of expand our scope of practice and, and talk about, you know, help patients with other, you know, conditions that maybe they didn't traditionally see with us? Were, were some of those conversations taking place sort of, you know, behind the scenes or, or after the sessions or, or tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, it's... Um... It's interesting, you know, uh, obviously we have sessions that kind of target um, different aspects of expanding your practice, right? So we had talked about the possibility of doing clinical research. We had talked about mm. um, there are practices that are fully doing telehealth and expanding their telehealth uh, reach. Uh, we had talked about um, using in the coding session, you know, specifically talked about like remote patient monitoring, remote therapeutic monitoring. Uh, like you and like I just mentioned, oral immunotherapy. Maybe some people are doing more sublingual immunotherapy. So there's a lot of different ways that allergists. Maybe everyone. And this was the thing. Like everything may not be right for you, right? So which mm -hmm, is cool. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But the fact that somebody's giving you ideas and giving you ways in which you can expand. And and the thing is, you. I think what's beautiful about this session, like you said, it's not only just at the session. We were connecting after the session, maybe going out to grab a bite or grabbing a coffee and discussing some of these. And a lot of the presenters, um, I think most of us actually, we put our emails out there. So, I mean, even if you listen to the session, like let's say you go and listen to the recording, our emails, our cell phones, everything's there. So even if you don't want to talk about it right now and you're like, gosh, darn, I really want to learn about where this person, like let's say it's the mixing hood. Where did they get that mixing hood and how do we go about getting this? Well, there's a number there. There's a way to connect with somebody. I mean, you don't have to join the practice management committee, you know, to get this phone number. You could just make those connections. And, you know, most everyone is there and willing to help each other, which is what I love. I just absolutely love that about this conference. It, it just sounds like a great uh, opportunity for collaboration is what I'm hearing from you, which, which sounds amazing. Um, you, you mentioned the plenaries, um, you talked about some of the standalone breakout sessions, but then there were smaller breakout sessions throughout the weekend as well. Um, which of those did you attend personally? What did you find useful from those interactions? You know, I, you know, mainly for me, it was like, I had done the one about like 
expanding um, expanding the you know the service line. So obviously learning that there can be a large upside to expanding the service line. Um, you know, in terms of like exactly what we were talking about, like, okay, we can expand the practice and we could do RTM or RPM. But the one thing before you do that, and I think a lot of people don't really, because, you know, obviously, we're, you know, like, we're all either providers, you know, office manager, like, we're all very um, gung-ho people, right? So we want to just go into things. But I think it doesn't matter, you know, office manager, physician, allied health professional, you just have to make sure that before you expand whatever you want to expand, you've got both the time and the staffing, right, to invest before you, you do something like this. And um, one of the pearls that I heard is like, you know, be start small and just make sure that you have the infrastructure to be successful. Because then once you start going and you start building, um, you know, there, you know, sky's the limit, but you have to have that infrastructure there. And, you know, it's kind of, I can comment on this on a personal angle. So prior to this, I used to work in a larger group practice and I uh, recently uh, broke, actually, un unfortunately, right before COVID started, um, broke off to start my own private practice. And what was interesting was this year I had planned for four different changes. You know, my hope was, okay, I'm going to expand the research angle. I'm going to um, move offices, I'm going to switch EMRs. And the issue is, is that, you know, it doesn't, um, it doesn't really matter what you have in your head, you know, you have to make sure about the, and by the second change, we did move offices, I did flip EMRs, but by the second change, my staff was just exhausted, right? So even though you want to run, you kind of have to learn to crawl and walk, right, before you sprint mm -hmm. off in that run. And so, I think realizing that and realizing the changes I needed to make in order to create that infrastructure was really important for me. And I felt like it was really conveyed well at the meeting. Oh, that sounds great. Um, you know, for those that were there in person or virtually, uh, do they have access to all of the materials after the fact? Is there, are there things online that they can access now if they want to either rewatch a session they were in or visit one of the sessions that they weren't in? Yeah, so the the cool thing is there are most, I think almost all of us uploaded our PowerPoint slides. We, you know, so let's say that you're like, ah, oh, I don't have time to really listen to the whole session. Great, then you can go look at the handouts or go look at the PowerPoints uh, where a lot of us have the main points that we were talking about. Um, or otherwise, if you do have time to listen to the session, uh, there are, there is access to the recording. So you can easily go back and you have full access to the recordings. Um, you know, as part of registration for the session. And then lastly, let's say that you're not registered for the session. You can still always register and get all the recording, but I think we are trying to plan to have um, some bundling of recordings. So let's say, let's say that I'm only interested in coding. Well, maybe I only wanna purchase the coding sessions or just be a part of those coding sessions. And I think we're gonna create those options this year as well so that you don't, feel like, hey, I have to do, I don't really want the whole session. I don't have to do the whole session. So you can have access to the topics that you're interested in. So I just want to be clear on this. So you're saying if somebody's listening now and they say, oh, wow, it sounds like an amazing workshop. I didn't even know about it or I wish I could have gone, but I, I couldn't for some reason. They can now register after the fact and access these sessions. Is that correct? Yes, yes, for sure. So you can still register and access everything. And like I said, our hope is also to have like any 
mini bundles that we're going to create mm -hmm. for people who don't want to access the whole session. But if you register now, you're going to have access to um, to all of the recordings. Yeah, and, and all of and the for those Excellent. And for those listening, uh, Quad AI Practice Management Workshop 2022 is all you need to search. It's online. Uh, it will be updated, and I'm sure there will be communication from the Academy as well, as they as they always do. Uh, you know, while you were there in person, I'm sure there were opportunities for networking and just catching up with friends and colleagues. You know, for you personally, how was that portion of the weekend? I think that's, for me, the main reason why I continue to go, because you just realize things from all different, you know, all different perspectives. And, you know, whether it comes to, you know, someone who works in academics versus meeting somebody who's junior faculty versus meeting a fellow versus a hospital group or a larger group or somebody who's in private, like all of us are connecting together for the same mission. And which is, you know, to learn how to be better allergists and how to practice, you know, better medicine. So let's say, for example, like one of the, let's say, you know, we had one of the plenaries. So one of the plenaries was on coding and um, which was like, the, you know, was excellent. It's always the, um, always the highlight. There's always at least 40 questions that come out of the coding <laughs> section, as you may know. So like, yeah. you know, we talked about like medical, medically unlikely edits, right? So then you're, you know, it's like, okay, so how many skin tests can I bill? How many, um, intradermals can I bill? How, you know, in terms of NIOCs, how can I do my billing? So, you know, learning all of these pearls and then talking to, hey, in academics, okay, if we do, if we do patches, this isn't part of our RVU, but okay, well, what can we do to have that conversation with our institution um, to say, hey, this is not part of our competition. Can we, can we open a discussion about that? Or if you're in mm -hmm. private practice, okay, if I'm doing patch tests, do I want to add, again, do I want to expand that as part of my access? Do I want to do a smaller two test? Do I want to do um, the larger 80 panel test? And how many am I allowed to do? So it's kind of like making all of those connections and bouncing ideas off of each other to help each other out. Mm -hmm. Practice management is, is clearly a passion of yours, given all of your involvement in the academy and the workshop, you know, for those listening, why should others consider attending future workshops? I think for me, it's mainly about understanding that, like I said, like my last point, that there's something for everybody. It doesn't matter um, if you're a hospitalist. It doesn't matter if you're private practice academics. Uh, it, it's a matter of something for everyone. And we are all together helping to advance the specialty and advocate for our specialty, right? Because as allergists, all of us add, you know, we add value, right? We add value to the patient. We are important parts of the patient's team. And honestly, I think as a specialty, we have such an advantage in the sense that we focus on preventative health, right? So how can I prevent you from developing, you know, nasal or having chronic sinusitis? How can I prevent your outcomes um, from being poor. And, you know, I think uh, in addition to in addition to those things, it's like you said, the networking and learning those life skills. You know, what are the skills that what are the skills that I need to not only just to be, you know, make my practice successful, like some of these topics, you know, that we talked about, like, for example, con um, conflict resolution. Conflict resolution isn't just 
about in your practice, right? This is a life skill, right? So they talked about like um, one of the concepts that came up was, you know, stop. So stop, think, consider the options, make a decision and proceed. And mm. that's a life lesson, right? That's not even just a practice lesson. So I think learning that you're going to learn things definitely for the practice, but there's other things that you're going to learn that are immeasurable that are going to help you throughout life in addition to your practice. Well, I, I have no doubt that after hearing your passionate uh, sort of reply to that, there, there are those listening who would want to attend next year. Do we know when or where next year uh, in 2023 that practice management workshop will take place? You know, it is currently, like I shouldn't say currently, it is that um, the hotels, everything's ready to go for July 28th through 31st in Minneapolis. So I know oh. it's um, one of our past chairs, Mohammed Yassin's hometown. So I'm sure he will welcome everyone with open arms and go out of his way to show him his, to show everybody his city. Oh, excellent. And I'm sure, you know, for those who have not been to Minnesota, it's much better to visit in July as opposed to December. So uh, it sounds like a great time to visit. <laughs> yes, well, for, sure, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Dr. Bonsall, thank you again for taking the time to be with us today. This was this was great. And I think it's a, a wonderful recap. Uh, it's excellent to know that people can still access these sessions and learn even if they weren't there in person or really. Uh, before we depart, is there anything else you'd like to add? I think just for everyone to understand that it doesn't matter what stage of your career to that you're at. Um, you could be a fellow to you could be somebody in late career. So late career, maybe you want to attend a session on how do I sell my practice, right? And um, uh, how do I negotiate like that? Do I want to go to private equity hospitals, sell to another physician? How do I value my practice? Whereas the fellow, there were sessions on negotiating a contract. How do I be, so to understand that maybe you want to get this information your first year so that by second year, when you're going on your interviews, you know the questions to ask. And we talk about how to interview as part of practice management. So. I mean, there's the gamut and it really doesn't matter what stage of your career you're at. So we talked about like different professions, but I want people to understand it. I mean, not different professions, different locations in terms of hospital academics, but I want people to understand too, it doesn't matter what stage of the career you're at. It kind of, there is going to be something for everyone. And uh, obviously we would love to have more people join practice management and obviously come to the workshop and and this year, if you didn't get to come, you know, get access to recordings because they are there for you and we genuinely want to help people out. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you again. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Please visit www.aaai.org for show notes and any pertinent links from today's conversation. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you can receive new episodes in the future. Thank you again for listening.